0: To out of the box radio with me your host Christine Blasdale out of the box radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life and each and every week we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health wellness and transformational healing all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're gonna be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am so very happy that you tuned in today. We've got a very special program. I have an incredible guest in with me. He is known as the expert whisperer, and I put air quotes around that. The expert whisperer indeed. Michael Klein is the CEO of Cannabis MD, the leading digital media destination for comprehensive information on the potential therapeutic uses of cannabis and CBD. Michael has also served as Executive Vice President of Original Content for MTV, as well as Executive Vice President of Programming and Content Strategy for Nast Entertainment. Michael has also oversaw the company's portfolio of digital channels, including Vogue, Vanity Fair, Wired, GQ, The New Yorker, uh, the list goes on and on and on. I want to welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, Mr. Michael Klein. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You know, the beautiful thing about this whole wonderful digital era is that I find out about you and you being the brand new CEO of Cannabis MD, which cannabis right now, let's talk about that. It's just it's just huge, right? And I'm myself, I'm a wonderful participant of cannabis. I do CBD oil internally. Uh, it helps me on so many different levels. I also do it for my skin, which is phenomenal. And it's such a, 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 an amazing hot thing. But then I actually looked at your resume and I looked at the people and the institutions and the, I mean, my goodness, you have helped many people. Even one name that comes up to mind is Anthony Bourdain.
1: Right. How did right. you?
0: How did that whole, How did you hook up with Anthony Bourdain?
1: Well, Anthony Bourdain, uh, you know, had a you know an unbelievable career. And at Travel Channel, we had a series called uh, No Reservations, which yes. was one of the biggest shows on the network. Uh, and when I went to Travel Channel, it was really at a time when we were reimagining and how we could really expand uh, you know, the reach of our, our content to audiences and Bourdain was a key part of that.
0: Oh, wow. And, and indeed, indeed. Now, so, so this new venture, okay. So you've, you've been all over the place. You've been at MTV, Vogue, right? You're just doing all of this amazing stuff. And now Cannabis MD, how did you get involved with, with this, uh, with this phenomenon.
1: Yeah, no, very fortunate, I have to say. You know, someone approached me last year uh, about, about a cannabis business. And I did my research, did a deep dive into what was happening, knowing that it has exploded in culture, um, yeah. you know, you, you can't escape it, you know, in, within the news cycle, within individual experiences, etc. But as I looked around the landscape, what I found was that there are any number of digital platforms that have emerged, But they were all speaking to a recreational user, you know, an adult consumption. So somebody who was already, already, you know, experienced with cannabis in some way and, and, you know, celebrating the fact that, you know, legalization was, you know, all over the place. Right. Right. Nobody was talking to a cannabis curious consumer. Somebody who was looking for information around potential benefits of medical cannabis and CBD and doing it from that non-advocacy point of view, you know, not having a bias towards use right. so that you could create what we call a safe environment for those consumers because they didn't have any place to go. They're not going to go to a dispensary. They don't see themselves as one of those people, as it were.
0: Not until they're educated anyway. Correct. Right?
1: And the other sites, when they're you know, targeting an adult consumption, you may have images that drive stigma around people totally. blowing smoke. Cheech you know. and Chong. Right. Exactly. You know, right. look at just this past, you know, four know, 420 every April becomes, you know, the big celebratory moment for, for legalization. It's also part of a movement. We have to be fair about that. But regardless, that stigma can prevent people from actually discovering something that may help them within their respective health and wellness journey. So... I saw that interesting opportunity. I have to tell you a personal story. A few years ago my father called me one day and he had been he had suffered a number of, of a number of ailments and was on, you know, a, a you know, a buffet of of <laughs> pharmaceuticals. <laughs> pharmaceuticals right. And he said, you know, I think I'm going to try medical cannabis for the for my pain. And I said, I think that's a great idea. He lived in Canada. So, he went to his doctor and got his script and then what? You know so he you know for me, as as somebody who wanted to you know obviously be involved in his health care from a distance, I went online, and it's like TripAdvisor. You know, you're finding uh, <laughs> all this content. You have no idea if it's verified, if it's authentic, if it's written by if 22 year If it's made in their bathtub. Well, yeah, our 22-year-old Jason in the dispensary wrote a yeah. nice article. And, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, you, you couldn't find that authority voice. So he had to go to the dispensary, and 22-year-old Jason, you know, gave him the vape for morning and a vape for night. <laughs>
0: With the septum ring. Yes. <laughs> you know,
1: and my, my then 79-year-old father is like, all right. He never slept better for a period of time. But it always occurred to me, like, there's a need state here. There's an underserved yeah. audience. Yeah. Uh, and that really ties back to my entire career. We can go into that later. But, you know, a hit television series is really about discovering an underserved audience right. and super serving them what they're looking for, even before they may have known it. So Cannabis MD, here we have this great opportunity to, to build an authority site a premium content and really tapping into to, to my, honestly, every, every part of my career in some way.
0: Well and one one trip down cannabis MD is is lovely because there's uh, you have an amazing array of experts and um, and medical but again we have to isn't it funny because we do we do attach so much weight to the MD part of it that you know when someone is a doctor we do uh, um, attach a lot of weight to that and that's just our training in general right right. we we believe that someone has a lab coat with a stethoscope we believe that person more than someone who does not that's right so um but you have uh, and talk about if you don't mind some of the um amazing experts that you have that are throughout the the website
1: sure you know my goal with with cannabis md is to really build uh a framework for great talent uh, and voices to come and share, you know, share their knowledge, share their experience, and again, as I say, make that you know, make that a great a great experience for for our consumers. So, on the you know, on my medical advisory team, being very judicious about who I invite to the party. As you yeah. say, I mean, sort of the lab coat, you know, you know, you know, and the MD instills trust, but you've got to look beyond that, and even particularly within the cannabis arena, you can find a lot of pay-for-play doctors yeah. that are, you know, go on Facetime, have a conversation, and get a prescription written for a fee. Uh, we're not playing that game, you know. I I have looked for individuals that are looking for truth and answers um, towards potential benefits and real world experience. So Dr. Junella Chin out of New York, um, also was here in California, has a practice where she focuses on children, um, primarily with epilepsy and with, with uh, ADHD. She also finds that the, the parents that are coming in with it, with their children are also then curious about what to do with their parents. They, you know my position of the aging parent, right. Comes in and says, I'm not going to smoke that marijuana. Ye- you know, <laughs> you
0: don't have that to, push Dad. Her, That pusher,
1: that pusher doctor. You know, and she tells very funny stories, but where she can, you know, people can find relief, particularly from arthritis, from you know, amazing any, any relief number. with arthritis, yeah, especially. Any number of yeah. ailments, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Matt Monte here in California has a specialty with athletes. And fascinating, you know, from a preventative perspective and also from a recovery perspective. An incredible, incredible um, uh, experience globally uh, with with CBD and and some degree of medical cannabis. And there's always a mixture, you know, from, from the doctor's perspective where you do take CBD and it might be a microdose of THC that provides the right... The, the you know sort of the right mixture for that particular ailment.
0: Yeah, um, and in my own in my own um, personal adventure journey through um, through this, there I know, and it's funny because my body knows when it just wants pure CBD. My botwa well, and my face always wants CBD. Huh. My skin. I'm, I'm, I'm over fifty. I'm Your well skin over it. I'm in my. Amazing. I'm in the middle range of fifties and. CBD has just done such amazing things. I'm going to, that's it. I'm, I'm doing that. But, um, there are times when I just want the pure CBD. Um, and a lot of times that might be sleep related or just, just, Overall, it's almost like like a multivitamin, right? Mm -hmm, That I take, and then there are other times when a small dose of THC mixed with the CBD is exactly what my body is is needing and and craving. And it may not be anything in particular, like oh, I am am in a great deal of pain, but my it it, because we have cannabinoids, and and maybe if if you know about this, um, probably maybe better than I do, that we have cannabinoid receptors in our body. In other words, we are built to receive the cannabinoid this amazing plant all of the beautiful properties were um were were made for the for this plant um and the derivatives of it that our body knows exactly what to do with it it's almost like one of those uh, what's the word it's not a homeostasis thing it's there's a word that i can't remember now but it's the thing of like if you're too high on this once you take it 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 brings you back down to where you should be. If you're too low in this area, you take it and it takes you to where you should be. And I know the word is right there and I can't, Remember it, and the audience right now is screaming it at me, but I can't hear you. So,
1: but um, but it is that endocannabinoid system in our bodies that, yes. that it is that is the, those triggers. What's so interesting about cannabis as a plant? You know the history of it, where it has been used for thousands of years. Yes, that that it is probably the most studied plant in history. Yet here we are today, still having you know listed as Schedule One in the U.S you know legalization happening in other countries you know uh, uh, you know you know obviously what's happening in America right now with look at the the last election where medical cannabis was passed in several states nobody even talked about it it just happened you know that utah and the Sunday. federal
0: government is still like saying oh no no no
1: right right although the passage of the farm bill and hemp changes the conversation around cbd hemp derived cbd the FDA is still stepping in, though, saying, look, we control food and, you know, and product. So we're in a situation right now where it's clear as mud, and it's causing confusion for consumers. Yes. At the same time, the consumer uh, acceptance of CBD is, is palpable. We, we did a piece of work looking at, at relative search terms in the U.S. over the last five years. And it's an amazing graph if we could have a visual. So on the top you have you know beauty. You know, beauty is like <laughs> this bubbly red. People like, people love beauty. Yes, they do. They can't get enough beauty. <laughs> um, veganism had a it, it right on spikes at the end of twenty sixteen. Had a moment. It was up there. Right. Uh, and then came down and it's kind of gone to a steady state. Wellness, as you can imagine, always pops in January. You know, new year, new you. Resolution. By mid-Feb, what they call the cliff, it falls.
0: (laughs) It's cold. They need to eat. The gym gets quiet again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, you know, and bounces along. Although, uh, uh, Trump's inauguration, there was a spike in wellness, huge spike. And we took a look into it. It was depression. Oh, wow. It's fascinating.
0: Well, that tells you a lot. Fascinating.
1: Then you look at CBD you know bubbled along for the th- you know 3 years then at the beginning of 2017 you see it sort of hockey stick hockey stick end of 2018 now into 2019 it's one of the most searched terms on the internet yeah and what that you know what what it's saying is that consumers are accepting this and they're they're outpacing the ability to have an authority voice Say to no. guide them yeah so that's where cannabis MD steps in, but from a regulatory perspective, they haven't caught up. Yeah, brands are now racing to catch up. Totally. Look in the last four weeks, Martha Stewart launching, you know, a CBD line. Uh, you know, CBS pharmacies and Walgreens. Yes. Both with CBD. Yes. You uh, know, you know, a, a, a you know, burger joint. You know, last you know around four twenty had a, <laughs> had a stunt for a burger. It's no,
0: they did not. They did
1: the Rocky Mountain High. Are you serious? I am.
0: I am. <sighs> I know, and I, 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 I get because I get promotional things sent to me from time to time, and I just got something in the mail. I won't, I won't even, I won't say the maker or the name or the promotional tie-in, but um, it contained a, you know, the the whole idea was CBD, CBD oil, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited because I love CBD oil, and I was like, and then the product that it was in was loaded with food colorings, like you know. Um, you know, yellow number, da, 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 red number, so-and-so. Um, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, which I don't touch. Um, uh, what was the other thing? It was crazy. It was all of the things that actually cause you illness, right. cause you cancer, and combined with this beautiful <laughs> CBD. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You've just completely bastardized
1: the beauty of CBD, well, and that's the concern, quite frankly, that with all this confusion and all the clutter, suddenly you yeah. know, people are, that confusion will drive people to be turned off by it and think, oh, it's just a, it's just a thing. It's a stunt. It's a yeah. phase. You know, food products, as an example, um, I have a, an, an amazing food editor, Chef Andrea Drummer, um, who here in Los Angeles, her company Food Elevated, is really on the forefront of CBD cuisine. Nice. And it, it's fascinating for her personally. She was an anti-drug advocate. In life, she was a say no to drugs uh, mm-hmm. person. Uh, in her professional career, she then went to Cordon Bleu, and while she was at Cordon Bleu, um, you know, she had she was you know suffering with her own pain management, and she had a chocolate and peanut butter moment of you know, food <laughs> CBD. Wow! And she's become this incredible authority voice, and you know, read a, wrote a very thoughtful piece uh, on Cannabis MD about you know reimagining the edible. You know, the edible in the past was yeah. a uh, sort of a, a format for a person to receive a high from the THC. Yes, an edible now is actually a healthy choice from a CBD perspective. Yes, and therefore the brownie isn't going to cut it.
0: No, uh,
1: to the your brownie- point, you don't the want rice the-
0: crispy square, the f- right, the fruity pebbles rice crispy square <laughs> with marshmallow and. Butter is not gonna That's cut it, right. or the
1: goldfish. That's right. And your fructose, high I, fork, fructose corn syrup, food yeah. colored, whatever you got.
0: But there's so there is someone that is on cannabis MD who's gonna show you how to make maybe like a salad with a CBD oil kind That's of right. vinegar. <gasps> exactly
1: right. Exactly right. Oh my god. You know, smart ways at incorporating it into your beverages. You know, again, you know, ways that that can make sense where you know, you know, look, the trick of CBD oil is delivery. In yes. absorption. Yes. And yes. oil and water don't mix. <laughs> so we, right. We as humans. So, you know, it's finding the right ways uh, of ingestion to get, the, to get the maximum effect that a person's looking for.
0: Well, and I would think, too, if it's in, embedded within our food, either beverage or food that we masticate, that we chew. I, I said masticate, people. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we, That we chew and we digest the way that it's delivered into our system would be um quite different than any other um format as well and it also brings a little bit of elegance to it michael that's right it also makes it much more palatable to yep. people i know that there has been um and i've been doing a great deal of studies on my own there has been in the last 10 to 15 years an absolute epidemic of children born with autism and mm. in particular boys uh however people want to Look at it. What the cause is? Um, we are facing where it used to be um, a percentage point of, you know, ten percent, uh, five. Well, it was like two percent of the population, then five percent, then ten percent. Now we're looking at thirty four. It's just growing exponentially. And whatever the reason is, um, the reports that I've seen, the 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 documentation that I've seen, is that there is a phenomenal. Um, relationship with CBD and and children with autism and children who are now becoming adults with autism. I don't understand really completely the connection of that and what it does if it calms the nervous system down. Um, there's a great deal of anxiety, I know, with, with, uh, with people with autism, mm-hmm. but um, there's a lot more research that needs to be done. And I hope I will be checking also um, because I have a family member that has autism. So I will be also checking relatively often with Cannabis MD on articles um, on that relation, on that connection with autism. And I know ADHD as well.
1: Yeah. And, and look, you know, that's the beauty of the platform that we're building. Being non-advocacy. We're working with institutions around the world with, with physicians, with both positive research that is showing that you know where you have a good result and also not so positive research. You know And same with first person accounts. And you know there's no, as we know, there's not a lot of research happening in the US. Um, with, with respect to cannabis. You know, uh, Dr. Jeff Chen at UCLA Cannabis Research Institute is really leading the charge in, in a lot of amazing ways. Uh, but these are doctors that are looking for, as we said earlier, truth uh, around, around benefits. And if we can bring that together on the platform, and in, again, in, in, you know, in a world without a lot of research, using first-person accounts, let's empower consumers to make choices that are right for them.
0: Correct. And you and you are just the perfect perfect person to do it, Mr. Michael Klein. Well, because you are the expert whisperer, <laughs> and you gather actually the 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 topmost um the, the the top people in their field in order to do it, and you deliver it in in a really beautiful way. It's a gorgeous way, uh, by the way. It's a gorgeous sight. Wow, thank you. I mean, thank you. I've been around for a while, and um, the ease of use and the. Mm, 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 It's very intelligently designed to make it easy to find things. And that's something that is a skill. And not a lot of companies, organizations have that skill. And you did it very, very well.
1: Well, you know, we put consumers first. You know, in anything I've done in my career, it's audience first. Yeah. And with Cannabis MD, as I mentioned earlier, if you're a cannabis curious consumer, let's create the environment that feels safe. Where, where there is no smoke, there is no stigmatizing language. Um, two, you know, you know, people will be coming in looking you know, generally in ailments. It's a very search intent audience that finds us. Right. I have a question about CBD epilepsy, and they find us with our technology as as the, the number one search result in many many cases. But then we, as they're engaging with content in the site, we're able to serve them other areas where they may want to introduce CBD into their life. Just expose them to that. You know, And it is like CBD in my pizza. I, I never thought of that. You know? <laughs> yeah. But there's technology behind that as well. We actually have machine learning so that as you engage, as you as a consumer engage with our content, we're only going to serve you content that is relevant to you. We'll start right. building out a profile. And this isn't scary Facebook data collection. This is actually meant to be a better consumer experience. So, for instance... If you are what we have a, 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 an audience that we call the chief medical officer of the home. So it can be the ch- chief medical officer mom or the chief medical, medical officer dad. But i actually call the C mom if, if she's looking for information with a child with, with um, ADHD or autism or epilepsy. That may not be relevant to a millennial who is looking for you know sleep benefits, uh, you know, acne, correct. Sexual health. Correct. They'll never see that content about children. Unless they're look unless they want to go deep and gotcha. find it. Smart. But it's a much more it's a better experience. Look, we all suffer from time poverty and we spend a lot of time online yeah. and you we know the environments that drive us crazy that we're being pushed ridiculous content and, and not a great consumer experience and you're gone. Yeah. Uh, I want people to, to come in, to really engage, to really learn a- and come away feeling empowered and smarter about, about the subject.
0: Well, and you are, you're definitely like uh, the best person to be the CEO of Cannabis MD because you also know very well the attention span of consumers and um, I mean the, the, the public in general. And that's one thing that I had noticed uh, along with the, the layout and the the design and the, intuitive nature of how it is laid out it is done in bits and pieces that are just enough and if you want more and you want to dig in more of course you can but we are just like you said we are very time deprived and we are a very um fast food kind of um culture where we need to come in boom hit it and also if it's something that's a benefit and we know it's a benefit not only does it quote unquote resonate with us but we 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 see it that it's backed up by intelligent, by um, um, thought-provoking either writers or experts in their field, medical doctors, then we're more apt to share that with That's people. Right. That's right. And um, sh- share it on our social media and share it with our you know, our family and our friends. So it's very, like I said, it's, it's very, very well put together and very, very savvy. Um, th- this is the part of the show where we get to find out a little bit more about you, Michael Klein, of course, we're gonna we'll put links up to Cannabis MD for folks so that they can find uh, this incredible resource. I highly recommend it to all. Whatever it is that you're looking for, if you are looking for different aspects in you know different tools in your trade for for beauty, for sleep, for arthritis, for deeper conditions that that are that are affecting you, I highly highly recommend it. I always call it like a, I do call it like a multivitamin. I f- it just it just makes me feel better and I sleep better. And I just, I feel better. That's it. I'm not taking it from one, any one particular ailment. But let's talk about
1: you. Where wh- where are you originally from? Are you from Los Angeles? No. No. No, I'm New from. York. No. Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Did you just say
0: vagina? I said Regina.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never even heard of it. Regina. Why wouldn't they rename that city or town? <sighs> or province (laughs) (laughs) it's a mouthful
1: I am now the first person you've met from Regina Saskatchewan how is it spelled r-e-g-i-n-a
0: okay well at least it wasn't (laughs) Regina. Regina (laughs) Regina okay yeah Regina and what's what what state what country (laughs)
1: Saskatchewan Canada Wow right above North Dakota okay Montana North Dakota so
0: that's where you hail from
1: yes it's the prairies of Canada You know, I literally would say land so flat you can see your dog run away for three days.
0: Bloody cold, too. Oof.
1: Yeah. Exposed flesh will freeze within 30 seconds. Exposed flesh will <laughs> freeze, <laughs> and we didn't have snow days, I so mean, you had to go to school. I gotta tell you, and I you
0: know. also didn't have those what, like those, those thermal, all those different things that we had. You, yeah.
1: you just had layers, and you would <laughs> inevitably fall in, you know, a five foot drift and think you're going to die. But right,
0: you look like a little puffball yeah. going to
1: school. Totally, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. So that's where you grew up. Yeah, you know, in my <laughs> uh, my father was an entrepreneur and he had a he had an amusement park there called the Sunset Amusement Park so <laughs> in, in this place that it is the
0: Sunset Amusement Park in Regina in Regina Regina it's not even <laughs> I keep wanting to change it because I'm uncomfortable with it. No, Believe me, I've had many people
1: should be shocked when I tell. Them. Uh, and and he would, you know. So there was a very short summer, uh, but he had this amazing 50s amusement park. I mean, this thing was it was it was just it was amazing. Yeah. And you know, I'm the youngest of five children. We all worked there for the summer, and then my parents would disappear to Hawaii for the winter and golf. Um, so bless them. Yeah, it was a good it was a good life. Uh, but yes, yes. But you know, and growing up there you know you um you think of other cities you want to be in <laughs> <laughs>
0: when was the first time you came to the states
1: oh early i mean i spent a lot of time in my childhood in hawaii actually
0: so. and i'm going to hawaii too. what yeah. part of hawaii the uh, big island the big island yeah oh. yeah
1: yeah my, my parents were early house flippers funny enough really yeah yeah
0: oh so they were complete entrepreneurs was a thing. yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> hawaii is the heart chakra of the planet It's a magical place, isn't it?
1: Well, the Big Island, you know, back then, I think it was like, they weren't selling, they weren't, you know, jumbo jets were not going into the Big Island. You were going into Honolulu and then having to puddle jump over. Yeah. Um, It was pretty, pretty raw and authentic. So
0: Uh, would you spend your, like, winter vacations there? No,
1: I mean, we'd go for a week or a couple of weeks or, you know, spend Christmas there. You were stoked when you went to go, right? absolutely.
0: And you were in the water? In the water. All All the time? All the time. All the time. So when did, so so how did you... I have a feeling, were you in New York first
1: or were you here in L.A.? No, I was in Toronto. I oh. started my entertainment career in Toronto, Ontario. The tra-
0: Is the Travel Channel based out of? No,
1: no, no. My, my, my early career was in scripted television in Canada. Uh, and um, so, you know, in fact, my very first television series was called Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys that <gasps> I shot in Toronto and in Paris.
0: But that aired here.
1: It, it, yes, not not the one from the '70s. I'm not that oh, old. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I uh, had a, a friend call me and say, "Would you like to produce some non-scripted series for me for TLC?" And I had never done non-scripted television. Uh, I knew TLC as a viewer. I thought, well, that sounds kind of fun. Hmm. Um, Did these shows. They were, you know, one was about people that, you know, had amazing sports injuries and recoveries. And and another one was about, you know, sort of, you know, ticking clock accidents. Doesn't matter. But I I got to meet and work with the TLC team, which were based in Washington, D.C. at the time. And uh, uh, was you know was really interesting. I had never considered the network side of the business. I, I really enjoyed being an independent producer, uh, but they invited me to join the company, um, so I did. And uh, but yeah, I should backtrack on the the non-scripted side of it. I didn't know what I was doing. I only knew <laughs> scripted television. You know, I sh- I showed up and I'm like. Like where, where's the script? Where are the actors? And who picks up my dry cleaning? It's reality. Like, yeah. David. How does this work? <laughs> well, and it was interesting. I worked with an amazing editor who actually held my hand, and he said, "You know, it it's just storytelling.
0: It's the story. It's and, the story." And it
1: was like as as like like dur. But that was such a watershed moment for me of wait, like hold on. I love telling stories. And yeah. now I'm actually telling stories of real people yeah. and real experiences. That doesn't get any better. Yeah, So you know, I could apply my chops from a scripted experience and, and then create what I've, you know, fairly elevated nonfiction television.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so joining TLC... Was it was actually a mail driven network at the time, uh, uh, and quickly changed with the launch of a show called Trading Spaces
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in the home which they you know recently brought back.
0: I love that show. Yeah.
1: and I and then I was lucky enough, to, I was fortunate to launch a show called What Not to Wear. Oh, and Stacy, Stacy London.
0: Oh my gosh, and uh, Clinton Kelly. Clinton, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And there was a there was a you know an example of you know look the makeover format we've seen it before. But there was something much deeper going on it's, with that show.
0: First of all, it's, it's them and, it's, and it's, their, it's their personalities kind of going back and forth. And it is the drama of the human being that's going through that transformation right. and the, the, um, the emotional ride that they have.
1: And it is, it's very empowering. But it is it is a, literally a break it down and build it back up. Yes. But it was all about you, you that you've got it. You've got it. Yes, and this is it's a way to use it. We yeah. know
0: it's in there. We're going to find it.
1: And at the yeah. end of every episode, and those episodes were real. You know, there was there was genuine surprise. There was genuine emotion, and they were. You know, it, it, at the end when they would see themselves, they were walking that much taller out of the studio, and for Clinton and Stacy, neither of which had done television. Really? You know, before? No, no. We actually were just doing some chemistry tests. Where were they the from? Right
0: Are they were they in fashion? No, they-
1: Stacey was a stylist in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, she started as an intern at Vogue many years ago, and uh, was a was a stylist. Clinton uh, was a journalist. He okay. he was uh, at, uh, at, at the equivalent of Women's Wear Daily, which is no longer in publication. Mm-hmm. And um, we met. We put them together in front of the camera. And the chemistry was good. Chemistry was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, off we went. And you know the show ran for ten years. Did it go for
0: ten years? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the, uh, do they? Are, is it still in syndication anywhere? Or? I'm
1: sure it is on some. Yeah, one of the random Discovery Networks. Right. The, the digital networks. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And so, um, and then. Man with
1: food. Man versus food. Man versus food. Tomorrow. Man versus food. Well, that's a whole different beast, isn't it? Well, so Travel Channel is so interesting. <laughs> you know, it, 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 travel is a—it's um, a very personal experience for people, and you know, and you know, people looking for immersive experiences. With man versus food, uh, we saw that consumers were really engaging with anything that was sort of. Um, country rib based. Literally, there was like a show we had called like World's Greatest Ribs or something, (laughs) which was like pictures of ribs and people saying, love them ribs. And one of our brilliant programmers by the name of Matt Butler... Said, there's something here, guys. There's something here that we should be doing. With every network, and, you know, my development team, we build a filter, mm-hmm. and at Travel Channel, and you have to hit that filter to create a great experience for your audience. Right. And Travel Channel, the heart of Travel Channel's filter was the impassioned insider, so that would use. Whatever their expertise was as their portal to a destination experience. Anthony Bourdain, of course, was the of, muse. I of mean course. Food as the portal to a destination experience. Of course. And an immersive one. So with Man versus Food, we needed to find that, that individual that would, that would uh, connect with the idea of small town and the competition piece around it. Yes. So along comes Adam Richman. Adam Richman, who you know, we're doing these as auditions, talks about his passion as an actor. When he was on tour around the U.S., he would seek these small cafes and restaurants. And he literally showed me. He had volumes of books because he would keep notes and recipes and their stories. He was collecting these stories. So we would send him into a town where they might have the, you know, fried chicken competition or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it was always a fun will-he-won't-he you know, win the competition. Correct. That wasn't what was engaging the audience. You have to think, this was back in around 2008. The co- the economy was tanking. Yes, There it was, was flight from cities to country. Yeah. People were reflecting and looking back at sort of the good the old nostalgia. days. Yeah. 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 And so to have small town... Being celebrated. Yes. Was so engaging. And what would happen, we called it the man versus food effect, that if uh, anything that we featured in that show, their business would spike instantly. Like literally we would get letters saying like it's around the block every night now of lineups coming in. Like they had never seen anything like it. Right. And so and with that, you know, and Adam's passion and curiosity and authentic curiosity around how these dishes were prepared really propelled that show to to great success. Well he's
0: a he's a he's a character in charming. his own right and very charming. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you, you, uh, you're drawn in, into that. So, so with all of that, you know, and, and, and what you're doing now, so are you, are you, are you just focused now on Cannabis MD or are you, I have a feeling you're not, I have, I have a feeling, Michael Klein, uh, that you have your little webs, little, little feelers out for other things as well.
1: Everything that's driven me through my career has been cultural conversation and how can we seize on it? How can we be ahead of cultural conversation mm-hmm. uh, in some way? Cannabis MD, the the attraction there, as we said earlier, to what's happening in society with with uh, uh, people's you know perception of of CBD and, and medical cannabis. Um, there's other underserved audiences within that space, and so the goal yeah. of the company is to identify those audiences and yeah. create great content experiences for them.
0: Do you have so? Do you have your own? Uh, are you Michael Klein Esquire? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your own company and and then offshoots of that?
1: No, I'm doing it all under the umbrella of Cannabis MD. the the company our our B two B name is Miraculo. Mm-hmm. It's a venture capped company um, okay. with investors from both U S. and Canada, and um, you know we've carved out a space that is really interesting, uh, nice. attractive to audience, and you know an attractive business for a lot of people. And so, how did you? So did you do you think that because
0: um, you're you're trajectory your your career has taken you to this point do you think your earlier your your early influences was it was it your father that that kind of entrepreneurial spirit or that 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 model where you have someone who's like i know what to do there's a need here let mm-hmm. me fill it
1: yeah it's funny you, you i think about i think about even people in my family it's like was the die cast when they were 4 <laughs> years old or 5 years old yeah, yeah. Certainly, my father—he was a—you know—he was a kid. Come on, he had, he had an amusement park for dads. Exactly. <laughs> like hello. Uh, plus, he had, he, had, he had hobby shops later in life. Like, I mean, I, I was the resident expert, you know, how to sell like, you know, in television and Atari. Um, I had an aunt who was a Hollywood fanatic. And I loved films and I loved television. And we would, you know, the fall season would start and she and I would be together watching everything and we'd go to every movie. And that imprinted on me. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when I went to college, it was very much focused on, on, on acting and film, quite frankly. Um, but I also knew that if I'm, going to pursue a, you know, if I'm going to pursue a career as an actor, I should really figure out and understand this business. And this was in Toronto. Ten days after college, I answered an ad for a company called Nelvana. Nelvana was an animation company uh, and, and a scripted company, but did Care Bears and Babar the Elephant and et cetera. So I thought, I really need to understand how this business works. And so they had a, an opening for uh, a, a receptionist. So I applied. And the woman was like, you don't want to be a receptionist. I'm like, no, no, I really am. I'm, <laughs> I'm very focused on answering phones. <laughs> And she did not buy it. I was a bad actor, clearly. (laughs) So, uh, two weeks later, she called me she said, uh, Would you be interested in being the person Friday in the legal department? So, couldn't be a girl Friday. I was a person Friday. Right. And I said, Sure. And so I worked for the the in house attorney and I would sit at night and read everything all these contracts and these merchandising. And I was like, This is amazing. She came to me and she said, Two weeks into it, she said, I think that you should go work for the president of the company, who was a writer and a director. Um, he said, "I think he needs help. I think you'd be good for him." And uh, so suddenly it changed. I, now I was reading scripts, and I was you know. She's involved a smart in human drinks. resources person. by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it, it was a it was a small operation at that time. Yeah, it you know almost went bankrupt. It recovered. But she saw you.
0: She didn't just she didn't just uh, just stick you in and then forget about you. She yeah. saw you.
1: No, and and it was a a very. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was a family. Yeah, you know that that then grew to become a public company and offices around the world and. I stayed there for eight and a half years. I started from Person Friday to becoming the exec in charge of all scripted television. Wow. And it, it was incredible. And um, um, so, so you know, so the, I guess the die was cast, you know, w- whether it was early or not. I always say life's biggest ripoff is that you fast forward. I now live in Los Angeles and New York. Uh, you know, when I, I was at Sundance Channel uh, working with Robert Redford, You know, and and my aunt sadly died many many years ago, so she never saw she saw she saw my name on TV. So that was a big deal for her. But had she known that you know I was hanging out with Bob Redford, or that you know I'm living in Hollywood near where Schwab's Deli was, like Schwab's Pharmacy, like everything she taught me, it's it's incredible. Well, she she
0: sees it, she feels it, she's with you.
1: But it's a joy. And honestly, when I went to Cannabis MD, people say, "Wow, that's an amazing career pivot." I actually don't look at it like that at all. You know, the medium, the storytelling remains. The medium changes and the subject matter may change.
0: Everybody now is getting their information off this little thing I hold in my hand.
1: Absolutely. That's what drove me to Condé Television is,
0: I mean, it's it's great, um, but this is our television. That's the, right. Our phones. That's right. And when you have, um, when you empower people to, here's the other thing, you can watch something on television and go, oh my God, that was a great thing. Uh, you can't share it. But w- whatever you have on your phone you can. you can, you can easily post it on Instagram, you can tag it, you can put it on Facebook, you can send it out in an email, you can repurpose it and, and you know better than anything. I mean, you can have just a meme and it goes viral. That's right. And you know, million people see it and, and like it. And, and so that's the importance. And it's also um, a participatory way of entertainment and engagement and education.
1: It's building community, it's yes. creating social currency that then continues to enhance and build your community that's what that's what drew me to Condé Nast you know Condé Nast here you have this this legendary publishing company and you know I was invited to join Condé Nast Entertainment with an amazing amazing uh woman named Dawn Ostroff, who is known as uh, a force of nature in in entertainment Went to lead that division, and I joined her to launch television. And a few weeks into it, took oversight of of digital, and we were taking a publishing company and converting it to a media company.
0: You and thank goodness you did.
1: But look at the assets. Yeah. You know, Best in class storytellers with Anna Wintour and David Remnick when he was at Vanity Fair, and at, oh, I'm sorry, at, at David Remnick at, at New Yorker, and Graydon Carter who was still at Vanity Fair, and we were creating, uh, you know, the digital experiences. You know, targeting eighteen to thirty four year olds who had abandoned television. Yes. And certainly weren't in the magazine world. No. And and so creating premium content experiences for them. Because in digital, I mean the other thing we have to remember, it's you know, it, it's a race to the bottom to scale as
0: yes. well. And it's quick.
1: Yeah, that's right. It, and so, you know, again, audience first. Yeah. In, in that example of eighteen to thirty four year olds, that's a smart audience. They know they know authentic content. They're Boom. gonna cut exactly. through it. And we created that and built a business that now has over a billion video views a month across all of the 20 channels that we launched. So it it was an amazing experience. And really, you know, from the linear television to the the digital experience with Condé Nast, coming to Cannabis MD, that's why I don't consider it a pivot, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. It's actually driving even a bigger cultural conversation.
0: Well, and you're taking all the best, you're taking all of the the best information and the and the education, the knowledge that you've gained through traditional television and through the digital format, you're combining it all into something that's actually really helping humanity. Right. Too. You're not selling widgets, you know, you're not selling the the latest, you know, Yves Saint Laurent dress. You're 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 informing people and educating people on something that can benefit their lives and their families' lives and that's huge. And that's what I that's where um what I like to do is to to talk about the win-win-win situation, the uh, this new place that we're going in in commerce, in business, which is instead of I'm going to try and make as much money as I can and screw the the customer, screw the client, screw everybody else. I'm just going to win, 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 greed, 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 and we see it politically in front of us too. Sure, what's happening? The illness, the the fever of greed and what it does to people. It turns them into, what is it, Schmeagle from <laughs> The Lord of the Rings, you know. <laughs> it turns them into this sort of a, a creature, really. But there is, a new, there is a new blooming or a blossoming of this idea of what's good for you is good for me. What's good for me and you is good for the environment. What's good for, it's good for everyone. And I do think that that's a new business model that's going to, that's already, I can see it already happening. Right. With right. the, this blossoming of entrepreneurs as well. From your standpoint, do you, have you, you've seen this,
1: haven't you? Sure. It, the way that I look at it, it's consumers are racing to authenticity. Mm-hmm. There, before it would be like we're racing to premium content. Premium content is important. A premium can have sort of sort – of, there's many broad definitions of what that means. I think it's authentic. It comes back to authenticity. I think mm. mu- musicians have been doing this forever. Right. You know that they're 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 taking their artistry, they're putting it on display. It's coming from them. It's very emotional, it's very personal. Um they're gathering a community around it. Yes, they're monetizing it, but the monetization allows them to continue to create and continue as artists.
0: And they have long careers whereas the ones that are manipulated, the stars that are like you know um uh, marketed, you know, let's let's brand this person, let's uh there's a sound that we have with this and there's no there is no story, That's right. like real story. It's just like I look good, I sound good, thanks to the computer. Right. The those ones that have that authenticity, they do have quite a, a much longer career, and they resonate with people. That's right, because they're real.
1: And again, you know, we're in a, an, you know we're in a, an attention society. We have so many choices. You know, if you don't hook within the first three seconds, you know, there's a stat that a goldfish actually has exactly you know has more focus than humans does, You know, from an online perspective, and and so you see people that become a viral sensation. Well, they're they're doing it because they're authentic. They're being their authentic selves most of the time, um, and they're gaining that audience and that trust. And you know, it, I love it. It keeps you know keeps everybody good at their game. Quite frankly,
0: yeah. And the and there's a lot of self expression happening as well one of the reasons why I love and you were talking I love that you're talking about authenticity because I do think it's the it's the new black so to speak Mm -hmm. is that um, I've been blessed to do uh, radio and broadcast journalism for 17 almost 18 years and it is one of the most intimate forms of communication what I love about it is that it's the voice and it's the intention it's my heart that is speaking to people and you don't have, as in television, where you have a visual where people can say, oh, my gosh, I wonder why she wore that shirt today. Oh, she's a little chunky. Oh, I didn't know she had blue hair. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. We judge, right? As soon as we see somebody, we judge. Yeah. Um, I remembered the, 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 the. it was very interesting because um, someone I was talking to with Terry Gross. Mm. Great voice. Mm-hmm. My God. One of the best voices in the business. Listening to Terry Gross. Is completely different than when you watch Terry Gross.
1: Right. Right. Completely different. Right.
0: And there is this intimacy because you're actually, when you're doing podcasting or radio, you're going right into someone's ears. And they're going on a journey with you. They don't have that judgment of, oh, I'm going to size them up. This is a... Thirty-something-year-old male. Uh, okay, well, the hair is like this. What's going on over here? None of that judgment is happening. They're just listening to you.
1: That's right. That's right. And it's powerful. Well, and what a great time for storytelling. Yes, across platform. Yes. But to your point, you know, just from from audio storytelling, and the explosion of podcasts, and yes, and the fact that that consumer need is there. Consumers are smart. They're smart. They're and again, they're you know they're and they have so many choices um, to cut through. And it is that quality and authenticity that will continue to rise and be successful. I think we're seeing that in, in you know some of these podcast explosions. We've well, and lately.
0: it's the, it is it's a story. It's the it's the new st- storyteller. And it's a long. What I like about it. Well, it can be long format. You can do it in any format you wish. There's some right. podcasts that are you know 15 minutes long or five minutes long. But I like the um, the intimacy of it and the control. I, you know, each person has their own. I can listen to, I, it's just wonderful because also we have control. Whereas you used to, when you subscribe to, let's say if you had, um, well, in the olden days, we had just a couple channels and you, um, would have your TV and you had like seven channels (laughs) that was it but it was programming being fed to you and then when you even with cable you paid so much per month and you had ooh, you have 300 channels of information but again it's being a lot of its its being fed to you whereas with with podcasting it's there yes it's exploding there's so many people that are doing podcasting some people that maybe Shouldn't do podcasting. That's fine. But it's still, it's an expressive form. And what I love about it is that it's the individual who's seeking it out and saying, you know what? I like this person. I think they're funny. Um, I gain a lot of knowledge off of this show. Um, I feel good when I listen to this show or this podcast. And they become actually like relatively constant, co- constant listeners. They're dedicated. They're right. dedicated because they want to make sure that they don't miss an episode of that. Yeah. Yeah. which I haven't seen in a long, long, long time.
1: But you're seeing that, you know, listen, across media, right? It is that. It was that push down. Linear television. Come back Monday at 9 p.m. Yeah. Every Monday night. I'm like, I...
0: And cliffhangers.
1: Yeah. You're like, I, I, I have I'm busy. a bazillion things. I'm busy. I got time, <laughs> time, right. not time. lunchtime. You know, magazines. All the push down. Suddenly when the street, it turned around. The street was pushing up saying, no, we'll make a decision on this. You know, that's the, the rise of digital media. Yeah. You know, what was born you know, outside of what we did with Condé Nast. It was it was really grabbing that attention. And with Cannabis MD, it's very similar. We go a little bit farther, though, because we're talking about such a new arena and we want to understand where our consumer's mindset, you know, if you, you know, what what is that need state and how can we go beyond it? I'll give you an example. So we, we built a product called the Knowledge Navigator that that takes insights that we learn about people that they're engaging if they're looking at CBD and sleep as an example and, and understanding sleep. Mm-hmm. Like how can we get underneath that? So we take that the information that we have and we put it against millions of pieces of data from other social sites, other platforms, and we can start building a profile of of a consumer's emotional sentiment towards CBD and sleep, where we can drill down, we can actually see hashtags, emojis people use to express how they feel about it, why they're looking for it. And CBD and sleep in particular is so interesting. The number one driver that drives a consumer to to learn more is fear. And when you dig into fear, it's fear of a sore back, fear, I'm not going to get enough sleep, fear of the impact on my health and wellness.
0: Fear of cancer.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, it, it just goes, it gets darker. So for us, that's an opportunity for our editorial teams and our doctors to be creating original content.
0: Based on those fears and, yes. and addressing them. That's right.
1: right. That's right. And so right. rather than, again, it's about having a great consumer experience, like let's be intent. It's a search intent audience. Let's be intentional with what we're creating right. for them that's really addressing their need state. So it is it it is so interesting how this this technology can technology in general can can further the storytelling for people and the stories yeah. that we tell that they can engage with
0: where Where do you see yourself? where Where do you see yourself going in the next? Mm. I won't even go out five years because <laughs> goodness, gracious, you that so much can change in five years. But what are some things that you um are looking to do that you can tell us because sure. maybe some things are top secret, But the things that you can tell us that you that you want to do, um, or that you're looking forward to doing?
1: When I look out over the next three years, you know, I think we're going to see an enormous correction within the CBD market from a product perspective, mm-hmm. where right now, as we were talking earlier about, you know, the sort of sweet combined with a little bit of CBD or confusion with products, you know, right now it, consumers are looking at potency and they're looking at price. That's like shopping for your shampoo for potency and price <sighs> versus building a, a relationship with a brand that you see true benefits from.
0: And in ext- quality. And
1: quality, yeah. And so that correction will happen.
0: Yeah, I'm worried about the I'm, I'm worried about people being excited about the CBD and this saying, I just need something affordable and cheap.
1: That's right. And they're like, oh, this didn't really do it for me. Gonna, and then it's not going to
0: – and then it's – of course it's not going to benefit. They're going to go, I didn't get much out of it. Well, because yeah. it's – you know.
1: Yeah. So that correction, I think food is going to be an explosive category. Uh, yes. I think fitness is going to be an explosive category. Uh, pets is already big. It will continue, you know, as a Huge. pet lover. I, uh, you know, I know I use CBD my, with my, my my dearly departed uh, golden retriever, Carl, and saw a benefit there. Um, so you'll see those expanding. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be more authority and smart voices moving into the field that that have come from, from other places. Uh, yeah. That's what, you know, again, that, you know bring it back to me that's what so you know what i find so interesting that i can take my range of experience and apply it into this business
0: that's the beautiful thing that's and that's um how i find is that the subject matters the topics the guests that i have on the show are really ones that i'm interested in and that i love and use and um one aspect that you had mentioned all the the differences definitely see um on the horizon or well, not on the horizon it's happening with with anti-aging and I hate to even say anti-aging reversing the aging process or whatever you want to call it beauty um, glowing from within Uh, the 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 powerful the how powerfully potent CBD is in that respect it's phenomenal and and I think that is also something that's going to explode as long as it's done well and correctly, and people again are knowledgeable. If just because a product has, I'm not going to name a company, but let's say it's oil of schmo may, and it has quote and they say it has CBD oil on it. Please, vote, please read the ingredients. Please know that um, it's really important to, to make sure that there's not these long ingredient words you have no clue on. PGE, all these preservatives and things like that. Um, Because if it is pure high-grade CBD, especially organic, um, it's not going to need all that stuff. That's right. It's going to have like one ingredient or two ingredients as a carrier or something like that,
1: right? Well, and particularly the beauty category, I think what you're going to see is from the dermatologist side, with dermatologists, uh, you're going to see CBD being introduced to products that will likely be bespoke – for a particular doctor that is aiding uh, the healing process for an individual that may be going through some form of treatment. And it could be a, you know, it could be a facelift, but it could also be, you know, dealing with skin conditions, etc. Skin cancer. Yep. And, and you know, so from a recovery perspective and also for longevity of, of you know, as you say, the, you know, the, the joy of a CBD facial that you find.
0: It's so. a multi-billion dollar <laughs> industry. Mm-hmm. You're still a young little puppy, but you'll know as you get older, you go, you know what? Slather some of that stuff (laughs) on my face. Sounds good to me. Michael Klein, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And um, if folks want to find out more about, obviously, with Cannabis MD, where do they go?
1: CannabisMD.com. That's pretty easy. Yes. (laughs) Or find us on social platforms at Ask CMD.
0: Ask CMD. So on Facebooks and um, and Instagrams. And Twitters. And Twitters. I don't Twitter much. But I, I should. I'm just not a tweeter. Twitter birdie yeah,
1: Twitter's busy these days but I do love Instagram love Instagram love love Right? it's amazing the businesses that are I love being it more built, than Facebook you know, the, the businesses that are being built on Instagram yeah it's yeah. extraordinary and extraordinary. It's,
0: I like it because it's short attention span as well
1: I shop a lot on Instagram people say would you get that Instagram really it's not a brand I got it on Instagram
0: all right I got mine on Instagram. Yeah, see, okay. my Instagram, they know us. <laughs> Michael Klein, again, thank you so very much for being on the show. I just appreciate you so much. And please come back if you, uh, when you have something new and beautiful coming up through your life. Thank please you. Do. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to thank you wonderful listeners for tuning in again. And I want to remind you that if you want to subscribe to the show, of course you can through iTunes, iHeart radio, Spotify, you name it. I really encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel because then you can share the show easily in your social media platforms. It's so easy to do. And as always, I want to remind you to think outside of that damn box. Until next time. Bye for now.